Hi, thank you for tuning in to Next View Podcast. I am your host, Tia Moore. I am the owner of the Next View Home Professionals real estate team at EXP Realty. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about what happens once you get an offer accepted. And we're going to be going through the process of, you know, are you locked in once you get a yes from the seller? Is Do you have any options to cancel the contract? And I'm also going to talk to you about the home inspection process, what happens there, as well as the appraisal, um, what's required by the seller to be disclosed to you, and what you should be doing in terms of your financing, where you should be once that offer is accepted, because once you get a yes from the seller, the process goes fairly quickly, um, especially if it's your first time. It goes, you know, it might you might blink and you're at the closing table. So let's get started. So <clears throat> first of all, and here in our market in Arizona, our spring market has taken off. Currently, we're experiencing low inventory. So for homes priced, you know, in, in a in a competitive price range or they're priced competitively, period, we're seeing a lot of multiple offers, especially in um, the entry level pricing. So if you're under three hundred and fifty thousand, we're seeing much more, much more competitive offers and pricing and you know just creative different things that people are trying in order to get their offers accepted because they truly want to be in a home and if you are a first-time home buyer and you're you've been renting you've probably experienced rent increasing like crazy so that is one of the reasons why we see a lot of first-time home buyers getting into the market just because you know rent has become unaffordable if that's you guys, I'd love to hear what your experiences are. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave a comment there or feel free to shoot us an email. All of our contact information will be in the show notes or all of my contact information will be in the show notes. All right, so let's talk about it. You got an offer accepted. You you put an offer in, you're excited, you love the home and it's starting to sink in that you have, you're about to buy a house. So what do you do next? Well, as you know, in the prior episodes, we already talked about your pre-qualification. So you, you've already submitted a lot of documentation to your loan officer. And so any additional information, they're going to ask you for that. Your realtor will typically send your lender over a copy of your contract so they understand what the terms are and so that they can tie an address to the property. So they'll start processing your loan. During that during that first 10 days typically is are going to be the most crucial. And the reason for that and here in Arizona most often times than not you have about a 10 day inspection period. Um obviously that is something that's negotiable and I believe we talked about it in a prior episode, but the number of days of your inspection period are are very much negotiable, but the standard is typically about 10 days um which is boilerplate written in, in our Arizona contracts. So during that 10 days, your job as a buyer is to be investigating that house. So you're probably like, well, what do you mean by investigating, Tia? Well, you're going to want to confirm the condition. You want to check for the major components of the house and make sure they're operating. So you want to check the electrical. You want to check the roof. You want to check, you know, the foundation. You want to check the plumbing. You want to check the heating and the cooling, especially the cooling, right? Because the last thing you want to do is hit 115 degrees in the middle of an Arizona summer 
and realize that you actually never had a working air conditioner. So you want to make sure that you get all those things inspected. So you're probably thinking, well, where do I find a home inspector? Well, I'm sure the real estate agent that you work with will have some referrals for you. I work with a bunch of different inspectors. What we do during our consultation process with my team is we we provide you that information in our initial consultation so that you can review the different home inspectors that we recommend. Um, and you know, you'll have an opportunity to review their reports and see how, you know, see what they do, and then you can and see their pricing and everything else. So that when it comes time for you to have the home inspected, you know exactly who you want to go with. Um, Obviously, you don't have to go with anybody we recommend. You can go with anybody you choose. However, if you've never had a home inspected before and you don't know, you you know, if you you trust your realtor, I'd probably go with their recommendation. The home inspection is no time to skip, skimp on an expense because the last thing you want to do is purchase a home that has major defects. You know, your home inspector is going to be able to inspect for things that you can't see with the naked eye. So they're going to take, um, they're going to go through room by room, inch by inch of that home to make sure it's in a good condition for you. So depending on the size of the house, the home inspection, the home inspector can take between two and four hours. They take a ton of photos so that they can confirm or they can show you exactly what they're finding. So for example, if they when they crawl into the attic of a home and a lot of, you know, a lot of homes um, will have the air conditioning ducts there and a lot of times you'll discover leaks. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of times, but if the air conditioner is leaking, a lot of times it's in the attic. And so your home inspector will be able to give you an idea and and show you pictures of where these things are occurring. Or if there's any damage in the attic, from a previous leak, you're gonna be able to see that too because he or she is gonna be able to take photos. Um, so that's what your general home inspector will do. He'll go through it and then he'll walk He'll walk you through it. If he's a good inspector, he'll at least be able to give you an idea of what it's gonna to take to fix it. And if there are items that are major and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a high priority for you based on you know, your experience, the price that you're paying for the house, if you feel like it's, you know, it's a major item that should be in working order, then, you know, we'll we'll talk about that and what happens after the home inspection. But you can get additional quotes from other professionals to get a cost, uh, get an idea of what the cost would be to repair it. The best example I can give you is, let's say there's a roof leak that is uncovered by the home inspector. Well, you can also hire a professional roofer to go out there, take a look at the roof and give you an idea of how much it's going to cost to have the roof inspected. Um, Same thing with an air conditioning unit. We we always recommend you get a professional HVAC professional to come and take a look of the unit. The home inspectors do not do not have the license to be able to open up your air conditioning unit. They, you know, at best case scenario, they're checking the temperature splits and making sure there's no leaks. However, they can't open up the HVAC, um, the actual unit, to see if there's anything going on there and they can't check it, you know, they can't check it that way. However, a licensed HVAC professional can do that and they're typically licensed and short for that purpose. And that protects you, the buyer, because you, you know, you don't own the home yet. And if for some reason there is a mistake, the insurance will cover their, you know, replacing or correcting or fixing or whatever. So that's gonna be important too. 
Um, and the same thing goes with your home inspector. I mean, you could have a cousin that knows something about houses and they could go and take a look at it. But the question is, are they insured if they did any, if they made any damage to the house where it's not going to fall back on you in the event that um, you make damage and the sale doesn't go through for some reason? So anyway, you're having your home inspector go through. They're looking at all those things and, you know, they're telling you exactly what the condition of the house is. Right. So that's great. The other thing you should be doing during your inspection period is reviewing any information that's provided by the seller. So in our estate, the seller will typically provide what's called a seller property disclosure statement. And in that document, it's gonna list everything that they know um, about the house. And they're, you know, by signing that document, they're attesting to um, having disclosed every bit of information about the house, even if it's a negative against the home, right? Everybody wants to present their home in the best possible light. However, there are going to sometimes be things that we may not be proud of, but it's still required to be disclosed. And so your responsibility is to review that information and to see if there's something that is necessary that you need to have the home inspector take an extra look at, or if you need to have any specialist in the home. So the best example I can give you is if the seller, and I experienced this, I had a client who was purchasing a home, we had the house inspected, and on the seller disclosure, it stated that the home they previously had mold in the home and they had to have it remediated. Well, when we went back, well, when we did our inspection, we noticed that there were some, well, the home inspector and the termite inspector noticed there were you know, soft spots in certain parts of the room and literally he touched it and it fell apart. And then there was um, what appeared to be mold again. Well, these particular sellers, they, they, had, they had a skylight, but they installed a drop ceiling and they did not seal or, you know, completely remove the skylight. So there was water dripping into that area and they couldn't see it. So my clients decided not to move forward with that purchase because it was just too much of a liability for them. And they didn't want to, you know, one, they didn't want to remediate. And two, they didn't want to have to rip out that that ceiling. It's just something they didn't want to take over, especially if there was already mold. It was just a big thing. Anyway, um, so that's the best example I can give you as far as when you might want to have additional professionals come in. Let's say, for example, there was mold in the house and you want to have the air quality tested to make sure there's not still mold present. Or you want to, you know, just to make sure that you, you're safe in the home that you're purchasing. Okay, so you're looking at the seller property disclosure statement. You're hiring a home inspector. Um, you're, you're completing everything that your loan officer is sending to you because they're going to be asking you for a lot of information and making sure you're signing disclosures that they're sending to you and you're doing that in a timely manner. And by timely, I mean within 24 hours or less. Um, the other thing you're gonna wanna make sure you do is get a homeowner's insurance quote. So you're going to contact your homeowner's insurance agent if you have one, and you're gonna give them the address, tell them you're purchasing the home, and you're gonna find out how much it's gonna cost you to insure the home. Um, in addition to finding to 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 that and the reason that's important one is your loan officer is going to need a copy of the policy because they they will escrow um, your taxes and insurance which means when you pay your mortgage payment the taxes and insurance will be included in that payment and it'll be paid directly from your mortgage company directly to the home the insurance company what a lot of people say is well can i just call my car insurance company 
Yes, you can do that if they offer homeowner's insurance. However, if you are looking to you know, maximize your savings, then you're probably going to want to get a couple of different quotes so that you can make sure so that you can make sure that um, you're getting the best possible rate out there. In addition to that, um, and this we'll talk about this on a different episode, but a lot of times people realize, end up being un- underinsured. So it's going to it's important that you talk to a homeowner's insurance agent that knows, a lo- you know, they can go through the step by step with you in regards to what you own and how to update your policy as you continue to. Um, either add on to your home or as you continue to purchase more items or depending on you know how expensive things are in your home just to make sure you are not underinsured and I definitely if you know if you guys are looking for an insurance brokerage referral I can definitely recommend a couple of people for that but that's again that's going to be a big step to your within your first 10 days okay so the other reason that is important is because what if for some reason Um, there's been a change to the zoning and that house is now in a flood zone, you may be required to add an additional flood policy. Um, We had a client where that happened. Literally, they had just remapped the particular area and now that property was in a flood zone and it was a brand new build. Or now that area was in in a flood zone and it was a brand new built home. And so that added a significant amount of money onto his um you know, his monthly payments because now he had this flood insurance policy that he had to pay for. So that's something you want to get taken care of right away. After the home inspection, what happens, well, after the home inspection and after you've done all your research, we'll give you the a buyer advisory and the buyer, I'm sorry, let me go back. But long before we've gotten to the home inspection, you'll get a copy of the buyer advisory. My team typically gives you that during our initial consultation. Um, The buyer advisory helps you do research on the areas where you're purchasing um, so that you can get as much information as possible. So, for example, if you wanted to investigate the crime in a particular neighborhood, we will provide you with the resources within the buyer advisory on where to find that information. If you want to find information about a particular HOA, that information is going to be on there. Obviously, as your as your professional realtors, we're going to be a great resource to you. But that document is going to serve you because it'll, like I said, it'll give you every single guideline and a place to look, so that if you are up at one o'clock in the morning and you're just doing research, you have a place to go. Um, because I'm asleep at one a.m. <laughs> All right, so so you're going to do that. You're going to go to the buyer advisory. You're going to have the home inspected. Um, you're going to get your homeowner's insurance quote. You're going to fill out all of the, your loan disclosures for your loan officer. And then you're like, okay, what happens? What if there's something that's broken that I want fixed here? What should I do? All right. So what will happen after you've completed your inspections is if you work with us, we're going to say, okay, what items do you need to have fixed in order for you to feel comfortable moving into this home? And also to help you reduce your expenses um, your expense of home ownership when you're moving into the home. And so, you know, and, and typically we're looking at major items. We're looking at the roof. We're looking at the plumbing. We're looking at electrical, like I mentioned before. We're looking at foundation. We're looking at things like that. And so what we can do is say, okay, dear seller, you know, your air conditioner doesn't work. In order for us to move forward, we want to have that repaired. 
Okay, so if you're working with us, you're gonna already have an H an AC inspection because I mentioned that before, right? You're gonna have an AC inspection. So if it's not working, we're gonna know exactly what it is. So, you know, there can be a couple of different things. One, we can ask them to make the repairs, or two, if the air conditioner is in is can't be fixed, let's say it needs to be replaced, maybe we'll be asking for them to replace it. It just depends. But what we do is we we fill out what's called um, it's called a buyer inspection notice seller response. We nickname it the Benzer here in Arizona. And so this is saying, hey, seller, I've done a home inspection of the house. Here's a copy of the home inspection. Uh, based on these inspections, these are the items that I'm requesting that are repaired in order for me to move forward with this purchase. And then at that point, the seller will respond and say, yes, they can make the repairs. No, they won't make any repairs or perhaps we'll negotiate some repairs um, but they may not be willing to fix the others. So, and then obviously you, the buyer, have the opportunity to say, okay, I'm okay with your response. Or you can say, I'm not okay with your response and then you can move on. So during that inspection period, during that 10 day inspection period, you have the ability to say, you know what, based on all my research with this home, this home is not right for me. So I would like to cancel the contract. You cancel the contract, you will receive your earnest deposit back as long as you cancel um, with a reasoning that is compliant to the contract, okay? And then, like I mentioned before, the option two is you submitting a list of repairs that you're asking the seller to make. And if you're satisfied with their response, then it's your opportunity, your, it's your option to move forward with the purchase, right? Exciting. Okay, so we've gotten that part out of the way. Now comes the next step is your appraisal. Well, what's an appraisal, Tia? An appraisal is a, a value. It's, it's a value certification from a licensed appraiser that's chosen, well, that's ordered through your mortgage company, but it's completely separate from them. So they don't have an affiliation with your mortgage company. They don't have an affiliation with your realtor. They don't have an affiliation with you. And their job is to determine if the home is valued at at least the amount that you're purchasing the home for, right? So if you're purchasing a home at 300,000, then the home needs to appraise at 300,000 for the loan to be approved, or you're gonna be bringing additional money to the table. Whole different topic, but ultimately that the you're determining that a house is actually valued at what you've agreed to pay for it. We all don't want to overpay for anything, right? We wanna get the best possible deal and we wanna know that it is worth what we're paying for it. So that's what the that's what the appraisal is for. So let's say, for example, you know, you're you've offered, you've agreed to pay three hundred thousand dollars for the house, but let's say the appraisal comes in at two ninety five. Well, then at that point, you and the seller have you personally have a decision to make on whether you're going to move forward with the house or not. The, per how the contract is typically written. Um, there are caveats where you may document some different arrangements in the contract, but how it's written boilerplate is it says you, the buyer, you have five days, not verbatim, but it says you, the buyer, you have five days to determine if you want to move forward or not. And then if it doesn't appraise, you do provide a copy of that to the seller. Um, it doesn't say a contrary to popular belief, it doesn't require the seller to reduce the price of their home. It does not. So you, the buyer, you have the option to cancel the contract. 
you have the option to, um, and you also have the option to pay, bring an additional $5,000 to the table to make up that difference so that your loan to value is still where your lender approved you at, okay? Now, does can the seller reduce their price? Sure, they can. However, it is not required that they do so. So we can go to them and we can ask them, but again, they're not obligated to negotiate the price reduction. Um, I have an example where I had a client, you know, they did so many upgrades to their house. Quite frankly, they improved it far beyond where homes were selling for in the neighborhood. And this particular couple, you know, I've worked with them so many times and they've done this quite a bit. So we know the routine. So we put the house on the market at 585,000. We got an offer at 585,000. The house, um, the house didn't appraise. It appraised about 15,000 lower. So I believe it appraised at 560. And the seller said, we're not reducing our price. Dear buyer, if you love the home, you just come up with another 15,000 and you make it work. And so that's what happened. The buyer came in with an additional additional 15,000 and we moved forward with the purchase. So that's how that happened. Does that happen all the time? No, um, but that's, that's how it happened in that particular scenario. But again, a lot of times people just assume that the seller is required to reduce their price if it doesn't appraise and that's just false information that's out there. So I'm just gonna give you guys a quick recap. So we have we have home inspection, we have an appraisal, we have you getting your homeowner's insurance, we have you continuing to provide your lender with all the information they need to secure your financing, you're reviewing a seller disclosure, and um, and you have you have it you have as much information as as everybody else on the home. So at that point, after all those things come in and they're all settled and negotiated. The only thing left to do is for you to close on the house. And so, which is one of the most exciting days, you sign a big stack of papers that, you know, arranges for you to have this mortgage and then you get to move into your home that, you know, typically the, the day of closing. So your closing day and your signing day may not be the same day. So for example, you may sign your loan documents about three days before the actual closing day. So for example, if your closing day is on February 20th, you may sign your loan documents on February 17th, but your actual closing day is the 20th. So the closing day is when the funds are transferred to the title company and the title company will be depositing the funds or the title company was assuring that all liens are clear and they're transferring ownership from the seller to you and then all parties will be paid and settled through the title company. That is the close of escrow here in Arizona. Now, some states, and I know there are some people that listen in their in other locations, but in some states, there is a different process and you, you typically get the keys when you sign. In Arizona, that is not the case. You'll get the keys typically that's, you'll get the keys typically that same day of closing, however you've arranged it with your realtor. So I hope this information has been valuable to you guys. If you do find it valuable, please do me a favor and leave a review um, wherever you're listening. If you're listening on iTunes, leave a review on iTunes. I love to get those. And if you're listening, if you're listening on any other app, whether it's iHeartRadio or Google or Stitcher or Spotify, leave us a review there because like I said, we love to hear your feedback and we wanna make sure that we're bringing you information 
that is valuable to you for you to be able to you know feel comfortable with your home ownership your home purchases or future home purchases or you know your current home ownership status depending on what we're talking about right so again, my name is Tia Moore. If you guys have any questions about purchasing a home here in the state of Arizona or elsewhere, I'm happy to assist you. We do have business partnerships um, all over this, all over the United States. And so reach out to the next few home professionals. I can be reached at 480-281-3078. Um, you can call me or you can text me at that number. You can also reach me um, by visiting my website at www.nextviewre.com where you can view all homes that are on the market here in Arizona, um, you know, hassle-free by doing so. I think you'll really enjoy that. And you, or you can send an email info at nextviewre.com or um, tia at nextviewpodcast.com. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast and I will talk to you next time. Thanks.